Right now, Stuart Glickman and Deputy Research Director and Energy Equity Analyst at CFRA Research is with us. And something that we talk about and watch right here on the big board, West Texas, 117.42 the barrel right now. Tell us what's going on here. It is pain at the pump for folks. Um, even some big swings in oil day to day. Even this week, right? It was 123 and it was 113. Mm -hmm. Hi, Nicole. Yeah, so obviously a lot of swings lately. I think the big news in oil, of course, is uh, tight inventories. If you look at the latest weekly status reports from the EIA, we're looking at gasoline inventories about 14% uh, below the five-year average, diesel inventories about 23% below the five-year averages. So it's a function of too much demand. Demand has come back from the depths of the pandemic. Uh, supply is struggling to keep pace and isn't doing a very good job of it. And even though supply of refined product is actually up this year in the last four weeks versus the same four weeks last year, it is not keeping pace with demand. Refiners are, are operating at around 94% utilization, which is pretty close to as high as they can effectively go. And, and so we're, we're seeing prices spike at the pump, unfortunately. Yeah, and so what happens here? Because I know that you have a buy rating when you look at, at, um, at your favorite stock here, but at the same time, on continental resources, but at the same time, the stocks don't always trade with the commodity itself. What should investors be well aware of? Yeah, I think the biggest wild card and the, the part that is spooking uh, energy investors today is the risk of recession because um, oil demand is correlated with GDP. So if we get some kind of sharp recession, uh, oil demand should fall along with it. Now, to be fair, it's not like the futures market is baking in $117 oil this time next year anyway. Uh, the futures market is basically saying somewhere in the mid 90s, mid to high 90s, seems about right on a fundamental basis. And I think if you if you allow for those kind of prices for 2023, a lot of the E&Ps are, are trading it at, at decent discounts to their historical forward average, somewhere in the range of about 15 to 20%. So we do like some of these names uh, as, as value plays really, even as much as they've gone up, um, their earnings expectations, their earnings power, their free cash flow generation is going to be even better than that. You know, there was a lot of talk that people should get out of the energy trade now because it is overcrowded. In fact, when they looked at um, fund flows, right, and everybody's running and sort of chasing the winners and energy clear winner. What would you say to folks? Others say, hey, go with the momentum. It's what works right now. Demand is still real stick with the energy trade? I mean, I think momentum is kind of fleeting. So there are times when momentum is going to work for you and then times when you're going to feel like you need to head to the exits. The thing that I always come back to is the fundamentals. And I think that on a supply and demand basis, we're in, we're really in the early stages of an up cycle um, in, um, in energy. And, you know, the other day, uh, uh, Harold Hamm uh, made his announcement that he wanted to take Continental private. Uh, I think that speaks to, you know, a view that that oil prices are are, are gonna are going to remain fairly elevated uh, for the time being, and I, I think he's probably right, barring a major recession, because we've had about seven years of really systematic underinvestment in new supply, uh, and so um, where these things tend to move in long cycles, I, I think we could be in for a number of years where oil prices feel pretty elevated compared to where they were for most of the last decade. Yeah, understood, understood. So what needs to happen? What needs to change? Because you, 
You were talking about the tight inventories, right? One of the reasons that we see record prices is because demand is outpacing supply at this point, right? For diesel and gasoline. When does this change? When does the picture change and what changes it? Yeah, it's a great question, Nicole. There, there are not a lot of levers that the industry, excuse me, that the government can pull uh, to boost supply. Uh, refiners are tapped out. This is, uh, refiners are, are moving this, you know, change direction at the speed of a battleship, not the speed of a dinghy. Uh, there, these are the kinds of processes that takes years to change. Um, and so I really think if we're going to get an adjustment that's going to cause prices to come lower or move lower, it's going to have to come from the demand side of the equation, um, which unfortunately means a recession. That, that I think is the, unfortunately, the easiest way uh, to get prices lower. In the meantime, if demand remains high, I think we're all going to be suffering every time we fill up. In the meantime, also, are these, are these energy companies making money off of people or not? The cover of Barron's, it said, oh, the energy gasoline places are not making as much as you think. Then you have the administration telling these oil companies, stop ripping off people. I mean, which one is it? The refiners today are certainly making money. The crack spreads that they're enjoying are record high. Um, and I, I would point to, just as a comparison, back in 2008, when WTI was north of 145 bucks a barrel, regular gasoline prices at the pump were barely above $4 per gallon. And today, nationally, we're averaging five. Now, what I think this speaks to is not price gouging per se. I think what it really speaks to is that the amount of refining capacity we have today is, is considerably lower than what we had back in 2008. And keep in mind, this is an industry that has been told for several years that they need to start preparing for the energy transition, uh, President Biden, when he first got into office, talked about, um, you know, moving away from from fossil fuels. And so they're not likely the, the investors who who um, backstop uh, oil companies, uh, the oil company management teams are not likely to throw a ton of money into incremental capacity if they think that we're already in the eighth or the ninth inning of where fossil fuels are going to go. Uh, so we're kind of we're kind of stuck in a little bit of a squeeze here where we don't have enough incremental capacity and it's hard to green light more incremental capacity if you think that it's going to have a very short shelf life. Yeah, and you have the, the buy on uh, continental resources with an $85 price target. Did you have a buy on anything else quickly? Yeah, we still like some of the other unconventional shale plays, EOG resources being one, uh, Pioneer Natural Resources being another. Both have very low debt levels uh, and we think are, are relatively safe um, given, given the strength of their balance sheets. EOG and Pioneer, thank you. Stuart Glickman, nice to see you. Appreciate your uh, you know, talking all about this energy play here. Deputy Research Director and Energy Equity Analyst at CFRA Research. Thank you.